Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Romans, chapter 9. Here's Pastor Ryan. The reality is that uh, our flesh is looking for any excuse to compromise the Word of God. It's the intellect, it's whatever it may be, the style, the flavor, the whatever, you know, and, and, and that pastor appealed to her intellect, and we, we don't want to turn our intellect into an idol. The gospel is simple. He died on the cross for sinners like us. And it's true because look at our changed lives. Look at the prophecies that have come true. It is infallible and it is the word of God. So just keep that in mind that your flesh and this world and and half-stepping Christians and, and false teachers will try to tell you you can compromise. There ain't no compromise. The word is the word. Amen? And it's the totality of the Word of God. And they like to pick little verses here or there. We get the totality of His Word when we make decisions. What is God's heart in the totality of Scriptures? Amen? What I told the kids at the beach, and uh, at the youth beach a uh, couple Fridays ago, was that you need to know who, who uh, you are in Christ. That by faith, he has given you the right to become his child. So you have to know that you're loved by God, that you're his child. Because this world is going to try to define who you are. They're going to try to tell you, you're not this, you are this. So don't let the world define you. You have to know who you are in Christ. And secondly, you have to know who Christ is to you, who God is to you. As Jesus asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? Some say you're Elijah. Some say that you're John the Baptist. Then he turned to them and said, but who do you say that I am? Because it's important that we know who God is to us. Because if we don't, some sneaky person's going to try to come by and try to redefine who God is. Jesus is God. And, and he is my everything. And, that, and if you know that you're his child and, and God is your everything, you'll be fine. And so, kids, you're excused. <laughs> Turn with me in your Bibles to Romans chapter 9. We'll be beginning in verse 19. I did something that I hope I never do again. I actually didn't finish this chapter with second service, but I finished it with first service. <laughs> so okay so we're going to try to clean that up this morning so Romans chapter 9 will be beginning in verse 19 and give me an amen once you are there and so father we thank you again for your love for your grace and your mercy we thank you for your word that you've given given to us lord we pray that you would open up our hearts and give us spiritual understanding eyes to see ears to hear what you would say to our hearts this morning. Remove pride, remove arrogance, remove anything that may block us from receiving from you, Lord. Pour out your grace, Lord. May it be none of me and all of you. In Jesus' name we pray and together we say amen. All right, so Romans chapter 9, as you know, the apostle Paul is dealing with Israel's rejection 
of Jesus Christ. In the early church, uh, Rome included in who he is writing to, as you know, it was mostly the Gentiles that were coming to faith in Jesus Christ, but the Jews were rejecting the gospel. What was it? What's happening that Jesus' people, according to the flesh, were rejecting his message, right? What, what, what's really going on? And that's what Paul is dealing with. And he deals with the question by teaching on the sovereignty of God. God is sovereign. He is all-powerful. He created everything that you see. And he created us. He created, you know, the universe, the stars, the sun, the moon, the planets, the mountains, the oceans, all the living creature. He is our creator, God and he is sovereign over his creation and and he knows what he's doing and we want to give him that credit God you are sovereign but the question is why are your people according to the flesh that you chose to give the commandments to the 10 commandments that you gave you know the precepts and the services of God and the sacrifices and the tabernacle and the temple why did Jesus come to his own and his own knew him not? What's going on with this rejection? And it's the sovereignty of God. You know, that not, he, he, Paul uh, speaks in this chapter that, listen, not all Israel is Israel. Like, just because one is born Jewish doesn't mean that they are true believers in God or would be, that it is those that are living by faith. And so uh, Paul gives these Old Testament examples of God's sovereign choice that he chose in Ab between Abraham's sons, right? Ishmael and Isaac, that God chose Isaac. In Isaac, that promised seed uh, would be in, in promised son that he had promised Sarah and Abraham that they would have and not in Ishmael. And then God also chose Jacob over his older brother Esau and they were twins. And though Esau was born first, he's the oldest. And in, in that culture, it's the oldest that, that, the, that the younger uh, would serve and the older would get that recognition. But in this case, God chose the younger and, and said that Esau would serve, uh, the older would serve the younger. And so God switches that. But why does God switch that? Because God is sovereign and he knows the heart of all of us and knows what choices we're going to make in life before we are even ever born. Do you give God that credit? He's sovereign. He knows who's going to eventually choose him. And then he also mentions Moses and Pharaoh and the children of Israel, 400 years in bondage there to Pharaoh. And, 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 and then God hardens Pharaoh's heart. And, and we know that it was in order to show himself strong, that God would show himself strong on behalf of his people in saving them from the hand of, of Pharaoh. And so we see these examples of God's sovereignty. And so Israel is blinded and Israel is not receiving their Messiah, Jesus Christ, but yet the Gentiles are for God's sovereign purposes. And so in verse 19, it says, you will say to me then, or Paul is writing, you will say to me then, why does he still find fault? In other words, if he knows what everyone's going to choose in the future, why does God still find fault? And it is because I believe that we all have, we are all given, we are all given free choice. 
Just because God knows what people are going to choose he, and, and predestines us, we, we believe in predestination, but we also believe in free choice and that balance and how they work together. And when a person chooses God, you understand that God had chosen them all along. And so there is free will. And thus, when people are judged before the Lord for rejecting him, it's not that he made them reject them. It's that they had chosen in their free will to say no to Jesus Christ as Lord in their life. And so you will say to me, then why does he still find fault? For who has resisted his will? But indeed, Paul says, O man, who are you to reply against God? Will the thing formed say to him who formed it, why have you made me like this? Does not the potter have power over the clay from the same lump to make one vessel for honor and another for dishonor? And so Paul is is calling out for humility amongst believers to trust God, that God knows better than you and I. You believe God is good? Yes. You believe God is sovereign? Yes. Well, then he knows stuff that we don't know, and he knows those who will choose not to receive him. Can God be God and we just be his children that trust him? God is worthy of our trust. Jesus gave his life for, for our life. Why wouldn't we trust him? It's amazing how many people put trust in everything else and no one has done for them what Jesus has done. He is worthy of our trust. And if you say this is right, Lord, then this is right. And by faith, I believe it. What if God, verse 22, wanting to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction? You think of all of the wicked people throughout history and how you think, oh my goodness, if I was God, I would have ended their life day two. But God, to show himself strong, allowed certain vessels of destruction to be around that one day God would destroy him. And if not in this world, he's going to destroy him in the next. Amen? Verse 23, And that he might make known the riches of his mercy, or the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had prepared beforehand for glory, even us whom he called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. God was long-suffering with you and I. I mean, what, 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 I mean look at your story and mine. That he would have mercy on us so that we for eternity will be a picture of his glorious mercy that you made it in, that I made it in in spite of our terrible past, all the filthy sins that we've ever committed, the thoughts, the actions, the words, all of it. He was long suffering with you and I. And, and, And he knew one day we'd say, Lord, I'm sorry. I was all that. I did all that. Forgive me by the blood of Jesus. And he did. When how many people might have said concerning you and I, kill him, God. Kill her, God. They're no good. And God's like, I'm God. You are not. I know what they're going to be. I know what they're going to choose. He's good. As he says also in Hosea concerning the Gentiles, I will call them my people 
who were not my people. Oh, the sinful woman at his feet in Luke chapter 7, weeping. Everyone knew she was a sinner. She's a prostitute. She's in the priest's house, Simon's house, Luke chapter 7. You can read about it. And this is the one that says, she's my people. Simon, the priest, I came to your house. You gave me no water uh, for my feet, a basin of water for my feet. She has washed my feet with her tears. You gave me no kisses, which was a Jewish thing to do. You didn't, she has not ceased from kissing my feet. You know, her sins, which are many, are forgiven for she loved much. That's God. God says to us, they are a people who were not my people, but now they are. And her beloved who was not beloved. And it shall come to pass in the place where it was said to them, you are not my people. There they shall be called sons of the living God. That's who you are. I'm a son of the living God. You're a, you're a daughter of the living God. You cannot sin against that. That's what he makes us. We are royalty now. I know we don't feel like it all the time. I know your flesh won't accept that sometimes. But put your flesh in check. Check the enemy at the door. You are the beloved of Christ. And should deserve that kind of respect and recognition. Receive his grace graciously. Don't hate on yourself the way we use. I mean, we're all self-destructive people, right? That's, that's what we, you know. At 15, 16, I used to put out my cigarettes. I just hated myself. I had bad attitude and I hated life and I hated everybody else. And some of us still have destructive self hatred and we ought not because we are in the beloved now we are not trash we are not what our sins were yesterday we are who we are in christ today and we are his puppies his babies that he loves and he puts on his robe on us and he puts on his fancy ring on you and he says now go go party innocently though <laughs> rejoice Isaiah also cries out concerning Israel though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea the remnant will be saved see Israel according to the flesh it's a bunch of Jews that's what it's saying it's like you're like the sand of the sea but a remnant will be saved speaking of what what is happened what is the present present state of Israel a remnant will be saved so we pray for Israel we love on Israel and, and, and there are many denominations that don't want anything to do with Israel and that is orchestrated by the devil who joined the church a long time ago God ain't done with them just like we According to Hosea, people who are not his people are going to become his people. Yet it says here, though you are like the sand of the sea, a remnant will be saved. For he, verse 28, he will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness because the Lord will make a short work upon the earth. Verse 29, and as Isaiah said before, 
unless the Lord of the Sabbath had left us a seed, we would have become like Sodom and we would have been like Gomorrah. And so here, you know, Isaiah cries out, the Lord left a seed, he left a remnant. Had he not, we would have been fully destroyed. He came to his own and his own knew him not. They cried out, you know, his blood be on us and on our children, they cried out at his uh, trial. But God ain't done. And Paul will get to that. But he continues on to explain. Verse 30. What shall we say then? That the Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness of faith. But Israel pursuing the law of righteousness has not attained to the law of righteousness. Why? Because they did not seek it by faith, but as it were by the works of the law. For they stumbled at that stumbling stone, as it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense. And whoever believes on him will not be uh, put to shame. Israel, who as a people have spent their existence, their lives, seeking the righteousness of God through the keeping of the works of the law keeping the mosaic law I mean they were trained in it it was traditionally you were raised you were if you were a boy you were circumcised on the eighth day it was tradition it was tradition it was tradition so the people God's chosen people were being raised to think I do these things that makes me good with God but the stumbling stone which is Christ. Remember, Jesus told the Pharisees and the Sadducees in Mark 21, 42, and in various places. He said to them, have you never read in the scriptures that the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in his eyes. That's Psalm 118. But Jesus said, that's who I am. I'm the cornerstone. I'm a stumbling block to the Jewish people, his own people. Why? Because the righteousness of God is by faith, it isn't by works. But they were trained, I'm good, I'm good, because of tradition. I'm good, I'm good, because I keep these rules. Christ came and they could not get over that. They still wanted to say, no, 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 Jesus, we're good. We're good without you. We're good. And that was the stumbling block. Paul continues to speak to this in chapter 10. More of it, more of it. And he explains, why is Christ such a stumbling block? And then the Gentiles, right, who weren't raised in the Mosaic law, they're Gentiles, right? Gentiles and Jews did not mix. They, they, know, they, they know little or nothing of the commandments and Moses and the prophets and all of that. It's the Gentile world. It's everybody else. What do they know? Then the gospel is preached to them that, hey, here's the good news or the bad news is we're all sinners and we need repentance. And if we don't repent, we're going to go to hell. But here is the good news. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Messiah of Israel, came and died on the cross to take away your sins. And on the third day, death did not defeat him because he rose from the dead on the third day. And he's at the right hand of the Father. And if you put your faith in him, Gentile, you shall be saved. And for some crazy reason, God's sovereign choice, the Gentile world said, okay. And a ton of them said, that's a good deal. And they took it. 
But Jesus' own people, Paul's own people, who were raised to think righteousness comes from the keeping of these things. It was a stumbling block. You mean I got to take away what I think makes me righteous to receive what God says makes me righteous? And they couldn't marry it. They could not. That, that's what he's getting at here. Brethren, verse 1, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. Now, this is the same kind of thing he said in the previous chapter. He began before his explanation is to let them know my heart's desire. He said in, in the previous chapter, that in chapter 9, you know, I, I wish I was accursed for for my people's salvation, that they would know Christ, right? And now it's the same heart. Uh, you know, my, 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 my heart's desire and my prayer is that Israel would be saved. And it wasn't like, oh, Paul, you are so righteous. It's what Jesus has done in his heart. No doubt when Paul is thinking of the salvation of his people according to the flesh, he's thinking of his own experience that he too is a Jew of Jew, a Hebrew of Hebrews, circumcised on the eighth day, raised under the training of Gamaliel at the best schooling in Jerusalem. He was a Jewish boy and became a Jewish man, zealous for God, and he sees, my goodness, Christ had mercy upon me. I want that for Israel. And when it comes to the lost, that's where our love for the lost should come from, from what Christ has done for you and I. And in these days, if we're going to do some good work for the Lord before he comes, we got to have a love for the lost. And that can only come if you have a, 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 you're conscious of what he has done for you, that you haven't forgotten what he has done for you. You were lost just like them. You were blinded just like them. You had your own kind of setup of what your life was to be, your own form of righteousness, your own for, I think I'm a good person because I got, your own philosophies about what? That had nothing to do with God's real righteousness, which comes by faith in Christ alone. And we were blind. We were on our way to hell. But then God came in, shroom, got us. And it's that conscious recognition of what he's done for you is the reason why we share with people. And if we don't share with people, we have lost the recognition of what Jesus has done for us. We have to remember the gutter that he pulled us from and how he sent somebody to speak to you. He sent somebody to speak to me. It was about 1.30 in the afternoon. I had just woken up from a night of binge drinking, hungover as can be at Omania's taco stand in El Monte. And a, and a black brother came up to me and he goes, nice tattoos, you ever get a chance to read this? He gave me a little gold Gideon Bible. And I had it. And then I had a, a friend of mine who didn't grow up in the gangs. He was a, a, a more of a good guy. And he went to, to the Navy and he was on leave. And he goes into my room and he goes, oh, is this yours? Picks up that little, he goes, there's 31 Proverbs in here. One for each day. You should read one every day. And so as a non-believer, I began to read the Proverbs as a gang member. Oh, <laughs> but it began to chip away it did what it did because God sent all that because he loved me I would go party in Rosarito and I'd, I'd, I'd meet Christians were everywhere I couldn't get away from them they were literally falling from the sky you know to the point where you had to be very dumb not to know God really wants me and nobody wanted me 
And that's why I'm his. Do you see? That's why when he tells me, you know, there's some vessels for dishonor and some for honor, I'm going to believe him because he's never done me wrong. But he just sent, and so you remember that so that you can start being one of those special agents of the Lord. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We adore.